Let me welcome you back to your seats. As was already mentioned this morning, we are working our way through the Gospels. So if you are joining us or haven't been here for a bit, beginning of the year we started working through the New Testament. So we are walking through Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, all the way through, and we find ourselves right in the middle of the Gospel of Luke. So we've covered Matthew, Mark, and now Luke. Luke is one of the synoptic Gospels paired with with Matthew and Mark. Mark was actually the first uh, to write a gospel account. And then Matthew and Luke, and then many, many years later, John picks up the pen and writes his account. So I hope that you're able to uh, catch meaningful things out of these Sundays. I'm trying to offer some things for perspective before you actually do the reading. Grease the skids a little bit. Uh, help you see something. I appreciate uh, appreciate Jamie saying that and, and, and listening to that over and over again. I've certainly done that uh, throughout the years for sure. Hearing a message and I listen to it again and again if it's meaningful for me and it catches, catches things for me. Also the podcast on Wednesday, which however you listen to podcasts, you can uh, get that drop on Wednesday at Christway Connect, Christway Connect podcast. We try to look at whatever the chapter is for that particular day. So just one more effort to try to make a touch, make a connection, help you with your thinking about the scripture, help you thinking about your processing of the scripture. More than telling you uh, what to think, I would like to teach you how to think. That's much more important for me, is to uh, model and provoke even, promote, encourage you to engage the scripture and think about it and let it become alive for you. So this week we're looking at chapters 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 12 through 16. Now in these five chapters there are some dandy stories that I'm not going to preach about this morning. So in chapter 15, one of the most famous chapters in the book of Luke, the lost sheep, the 90 and 9 left Went to find him. The lost coin swept the house. And then in that same chapter, the lost sons. What I will say is don't just stop reading the prodigal son story when he comes back. Because the story's not over. That'll just be my <laughs> teaser, right? So, lost sheep, lost coin, lost son. That's in 15. The rich man and Lazarus, an, an amazing story that Jesus tells, that's in 16. So that'll be later, later in the week if you're knocking it out a day at a time. But the direction that I have for you today is about pine nuts and pennies. Pine nuts and pennies, that's what I'm going to talk to you about today. I'd like you to go to Luke 13. If you have a Bible, pull it out. Luke 13, 18 to 21. Our first reading is going to be out of the message, and then later readings will be the New International Version. Verse 18 out of the message, chapter 13, then he said, this is Jesus, how can I picture God's kingdom for you? Isn't that interesting? Like a, like a 
pause, like a reflection, a rhetorical thought. Like, how can I picture God's kingdom for you? Isn't it interesting, like, like Jesus would be at a loss for words or something, right? Like, he's not really sure how to do this, okay? What kind of story can I use? And then he says, it's like a pine nut. It's like a pine nut that a man plants in his front yard. Anybody thinking of pesto at this moment? Any foodies thinking of pesto with pine nuts? It's like a pine nut that a man plants in his front yard. It grows into a huge pine tree with thick branches, and eagles build nests in it. What is that about? That, that's how do I picture God's kingdom? How do I picture the kingdom of heaven? Not somewhere else. Because Jesus came with a message that the kingdom of heaven is now. So how do I picture what God is doing now? Hmm, pine nut. Grows into a pine tree so big the eagles nest in its branches. Continuing, he tried again. How can I picture God's kingdom? It, it's like yeast. Yeast that a woman works into enough dough for three loaves of bread and waits while the dough rises. What are we doing here? Like, what's this all about? Like, what's the, what's the end game anyway? What's, what's the point? This week I was doing some trainings and some coachings with staff, and, and I said, uh, if you told me, Andy, I'm going to go do my job, tell me what, what you're thinking about. And then if your supervisor tells you to go do your job, <laughs> tell me what you think they're thinking about. And do those fit at all? Is there any intersection between what you think doing your job is and what they think doing your job is? And I think this is it. Jesus is out there and he's like, the kingdom of heaven is now. I came to preach the kingdom now. He said, how can I liken it for you? What can I, what can I come up with? What can I think of that would help you? A pine nut. A small seed that grows into this massive tree, strong, sturdy branches that eagles live in. What else could I do? Uh, leaven. Leaven. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven in a loaf of bread. Yeast. Yeast. Yeast sells double every 90 minutes. Yeast cells, as they're eating sugar, multiply, they double every 90 minutes. Like, let's say, between 10 and 11.30 on Sunday morning. Every 90 minutes, there's a doubling. They're not very big. One yeast cell is five micrometers. That's... That's five thousandths, 0 .005 of a millimeter. That's not so big. Yet Jesus says, hmm, kingdom of heaven is like that. The kingdom of heaven is like someone that if you took a millimeter and cut it into 5,000 parts, that's the kingdom of heaven? A millimeter? 5,000 parts? He's like, ah, Got it. That's it. That's the kingdom of heaven. What? 
You mean something small? He'd say, yeah, but that's not the end of the sentence. Something small with impact potential. Something small that when added to the chemistry changes everything. Something unseen, buried in the ground. Smaller than the nail of your pinky finger in the ground. Yet, produces something great and strong and rich. Jesus works with yeast. He works with leaven, pine nuts. Five loaves and two fish. Why? Five loaves and two fish? Why that? Well, I think I know why. So the responsible party is very clear. (laughs) We talk about boundaries, having boundaries in recovery and just in life in general. Most people are really lousy at boundaries. We talk about boundaries, and boundaries do two things. They define us and they protect us. Boundaries define us. If you've got a roommate, you need boundaries. Otherwise, we don't actually know who's supposed to do those dishes. But boundaries define us. And by defining us, they set up accountability and they set up responsibility. And when Jesus is working miracles out of a pine nut, leaven, five loaves and two fish, it's pretty clear who's doing the work. That's the way the kingdom is set up. I want that to be encouraging to you. What I hope that we're all able to do is lay down all the effort. Lay down all the toil. I believe what's coming to me right now is that the Lord Jesus himself said, Come and learn of me. I am meek. My burden is light. Come walk with me. But it's it's light. In 1 Corinthians, the first chapter we're told that no flesh glories in his presence. I've taken that to heart for years. I'm thankful for it. And I try to make sure, although I get in the way, I try to make sure I'm not in that lane. No flesh glorying in his presence. Have you ever taken a wonderful loaf of bread? This is an excellent thing to talk about at 11 o'clock. I'll have to Finish preaching in 10 minutes or you're just going to leave. You can smell it, can't you? Fresh loaf of bread. Cut it. Steam rises. You can smell it. It's warm in your hand. Maybe you butter it or put some jelly or something on it. How many of us go, my God, that leaven is amazing. Nobody, ever, (laughs) said no one ever. That leaven is unbelievable. This is an amazing leaven experience. No. No flesh. My mind goes to Jeremiah 9, 23. I won't look it up. It's on the screens. I'll read it from here. Jeremiah 9, 23. This is what the Lord says. Let not the wise boast of their wisdom, because there are people that are wise. You see, the the passage in 1 Corinthians 1, 
they're looking around and Paul says, you know, I'm looking around here. I don't see too many hotshots in the crowd. <laughs> I don't see too many noble or, you know, I'm looking around and everybody here, you're coming up a little short. That's what he's saying in the crowd. This is saying there are people that are wise. But let not the wise boast of their wisdom or the strong. There are people that are strong. You have strength. You have wisdom. But let not the strong boast of their strength or the rich. And there are people that are rich. Don't let them boast of their riches. But what is it? Let the one who boasts boast about this. If you're going to brag about something, brag about this, that they have the understanding to know me. God is the change agent. God is the one. And you can boast and be proud about it, but knowing this, I'm a pine nut. I'm leaven. I'm a penny. They have the understanding to know me. That I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight, declares it is the Lord that says you can be rich and you can be strong and you can be wise. And I don't have any issue with that. But let me help you be wiser. If you're going to boast, boast about having the understanding to know me. The ancients wanted to build a tower. Tower of Babel, and then the languages were confused and confounded, and that's why we call it babbling. I know what we can do. Let's all get together and build a tower. Let's do that. Let's build something big. Let's do something big together. Let's put all of our energies and all of our synergy together, and let's build something big. Peter proclaimed, and we just read it recently, Peter proclaimed that he would build three tabernacles. There's Jesus and Moses and Elijah and the transfiguration. And they're all standing there and they're like, oh my goodness, I've got an idea. I've got an idea. Let's build three churches. Let's build three huge edifices, buildings. Let's do that. Because many today desire the same thing. Let's get together and let's build something big. Let's build a church. Let's build an edifice. A huge church. Let's build a huge church. And finally, we get it right. Kind of. You see, Jesus wants a huge church. But he wasn't talking about uh, building. He was talking about people. He wants a huge church, but it's about people. More pine nuts. More leaven. Not the edifice. He says, I will build my church. What's the address of that church? Where do you send snail mail to? Where does that go? And yet, it is our nature. It is our knee-jerk reaction. It is our response. And we, we think it's the right thing to do. Let's build something big. You're going to read about that this week. Now, it's not in the context of building a church. It's in the context of someone being selfish. But they had much. And they said, instead of giving this away, let's build bigger barns. Let's build something bigger. Didn't work out well for them, as you'll read this week. 
They were held accountable for that. Because here's the deal. Here's the storyline. The man had so much, was blessed with so much. He said, I'll build bigger. Let's build bigger. And Jesus said, "Uh, okay, uh, today is your last day. And all that you built will go somewhere else. And when we think that what we're blessed with is ours, to build something bigger, then all of a sudden the curtain gets lifted and the Lord says, let's see where this is coming from, really. Let's see how much role you actually had in the whole thing. Pine nut, leaven, penny. Right, and the encouragement of that is, I am small. I am insignificant. I don't have any power to do anything. He does. And when I'm in that place, this isn't a shame drill. Oh, I'm nothing. That's not, that's it. I'm something because he says I am. But that's why. It's not because he says I am and then all of a sudden I am. I become something and then I start taking over. Right? That's what the two-year-olds do. He's calling us into this space to recognize that it's not building an edifice. It's the little things. That's the kingdom. I love this church. I love the literal building. I love the building. I love to be in here. I do. But this is not it. We know that. This is not what that's about. But even in our psyche, sometimes we can think, well, it's got to be that or bigger. Let me give you an insight. Church growth. Ready? Church growth seminar. Here we go. What draws people to a church is what keeps them coming to that church. What draws us is what keeps us. So what I hope draws people to this place is the love and spirit of Jesus. That's what I hope. Because I can count on the love and spirit of Jesus. I can't count on Arnick being here every Sunday. I can't count on an outstanding children's program. I can't count on the building being here every week. But we don't even know that. We've certainly seen pictures of buildings tumbled this week, haven't we? On the other side of the world, yeah. Can't count on any of that, but you know what I can count on? The spirit and the love of Christ. And the spirit and the love of Christ... With a pine nut? (laughs) With leaven? Sometimes we think it's Sunday. We think the kingdom of heaven is Sunday. And he thinks it's Monday to Saturday. (laughs) It's not the big splash for him. It's the leaven. What could I come up with? What could I come up with? The kingdom of heaven is uh, a pine nut. (laughs) I think that's amazing. Have you heard of of death by a thousand cuts. Have you heard that phrase? Death by a thousand cuts. It's not the big explosion. It's not the earthquake. It's not the the catastrophic. It's the paper cut. One after another, after another, after another, after another. Death by a thousand cuts. And I thought about that. And I thought, I wonder what it's like to have Life by a thousand what's. What can I do here? What can I do there? What can I say now 
What can I, what can I be for you in this moment? What small piece of sadness can I hold for you today? What can I do? What can I say? What can I be? Life by a thousand what's. All in themselves seemingly insignificant, just like the paper cut. But death by a thousand paper cuts. Or life by a thousand what's. If it's a thousand, am I the fifth? Am I the fifth person to speak life to you? Or the 55th? Or the 805th? Just speaking life. Big deal? Well, 11. Pine nut. (laughs) Penny. How are you doing with these little windows of opportunity? A few weeks ago, we talked about the windows of opportunity to connect with the Lord. Right now, today, I'm talking about the windows of opportunity to connect with his body. The moments of opportunity to connect. How are you doing with those? Because the call is to step into them. I want to give you a couple encouragements. Number one, I want to encourage you to listen to the prompts. Listen to the prompts. Let me ask you this. Do you have moments during your day when all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere... You think of someone. They just cross, they, you just cross my mind. That's Satan keeping, keeps putting people on our mind. They just cross your mind. What do you do with those? I'd love for you to answer that. What do you do, what do, you do with those? When it crosses your mind, a person crosses your mind, you think about them. You see something, and you just begin to think about them. What do you do? That's your prompt. So number one, listen to the prompts. And number two, don't wait. Don't wait. I've changed the practice of my prayer life. Brian, I see Brian. Hey, man, what's going on? How you doing? Good? I got something going on? Yeah, yeah. You pray, you pray with me about that? Sure, man, I'll pray with you about that. Yeah, take care, brother. I mean, you've done that, too. If you've been a Christian for 20 minutes, you've done that, uh, I'm sure. Somebody says, you know, pray for him. And like, okay, man, we'll, we'll be sure and do that. Here's, the, here's, here's what I changed. I found out I was lying. I found out I was lying. More than, more than not. How was I lying? I wasn't praying. I told him I would pray, and I didn't pray. So... That's a lie. And I don't want to lie, and I don't want to be disingenuous. So what I started doing was praying right then. Can we pray about that right now? Because I do want to pray with you. Can we pray right now? I prayed in front of a Panera Bread. I remember that one time. A guy said, man, I just need you to pray about that if you could sometime. I said, how about right now? That's not being super spiritual. I'm just trying to not lie. When the prompts come to you, what do you do? Let me just get personal here for a sec. If my face flashes across your screen, pray for me. I'll tell you exactly what you can do. (laughs) 
Pray for me. And let me tell you also, from having done this for many, many years, long time, 20, 30 years, I will call someone. I, I, I call more than I text, but it probably doesn't matter. But I might call them. I might shoot them a text. You know what that text is going to say? Thinking about you. Hope you're well. Praying for you. What'd you pray about? I didn't pray about anything except God, whatever's going on, help them. Do you know what I get in return often? You know what I get in return? They think it's my superpower. <laughs> they do. Oh my God, how did you know? Uh, I didn't. That's the truth. I didn't know. I didn't know anything. I, I want to lay it out as clearly as possible. You just came across my mind. I called you. Hey, thinking about you. How you doing? Praying for you. Hope you're having a good week. That stuff. And then it comes back. Oh my God, the, I can't believe you're calling me right now. I just asked for God to da da da. And you called and the phone rang. That doesn't make me anything except a quick listener. When I call, I don't know. And frankly, let me just really break it down. I've gone to people and felt that thing and said, you know what? How you doing? I just felt like I need to pray for you. Oh, we're good, man. We are good, bro. Praise the Lord. I don't even know what you're talking about. We're good. Okay, I get that. I got that. I mean, that's happened, that's happened more than a few times. And you know what I say? I'm like uh, Samuel when he's going through David's boys, you know? God told me he's one of your boys. Hmm. It's none of these guys. Maybe I got that wrong, is what Samuel says. I thought I heard God. Maybe I got that wrong. Uh, can, can, can we try it again? <laughs> Goes through him a second time. And he, after the second time, still no light bulb. He's like, hmm. Well, it's a little embarrassing. I was pretty sure God told me to go to Jesse's house. But I'm also not feeling anything for these guys. You got anybody else? You have any other kids? Well, there's, there's the insignificant one. Uh, could you call him in? And when that boy hits the room, you see, Samuel heard God right every single time. Samuel heard to go. Samuel heard correctly that it wasn't any of the guys that came by. And when David walked in, he took a knee and Samuel started pouring oil. You can hear God. And I've talked to someone and they're like, no, we're good. Okay, well, all right. A week to 10 days later, I get a phone call. Hey, the other day, I was not telling you the truth. <laughs> but it's weird. You kind of caught me off guard. Okay, I get all that. I understand that's funny and I get all that. But listen to the prompts. You are more spiritual than you think you are. Give yourself the space for that. You are more spiritual than you think you are. You're leaven. You're a penny. Pine nuts. That's what we all are. And the Spirit prompts us. What can I do? What can I say? And if I'm prompted to call, make the call. Shoot the text. Don't wait until later. Because, here's the deal, I don't know if you've heard this, great books, great books are great for two things I've been taught. Great books are great for two reasons. 
content or timing or both? Haven't you read a book and you're like, oh my gosh, the content here is unbelievable. Or, wow, I needed that book right now, right? Content, timing, or both. Proverbs 25, 11. Like apples of gold in settings of silver. What is? Verse 10 says, a word fitly spoken. A word, timing, timing. A paragraph, a paragraph fitly spoken. A sermon fitly spoken, is that what it is? A novella, uh-uh. What's it say? A, 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 a word. A single word. A single word fitly spoken. And I think, frankly, sometimes we get very caught up with content, having to have the right content, and having to have, when so much of this in the spirit is about timing. And when God prompts someone, and we just say, man, I don't know what's going on. I don't know if you've ever done this, but we need to probably do it more. If you're like, man, I think, I think that girl needs prayer. I live with her, so I know she needs prayer, but I think that girl needs prayer. So, so I'm like, I walk over. I've done this before. I walked up to a DEA agent one time. The guy was about this tall, thin, had a black mock turtleneck on, black jacket. He was just standing here like this, goatee, whole thing, except the sunglasses. He probably had a nine millimeter, I don't know, just right like this, in church. I knew the guy was a DEA agent. Undercover, Central America, you know, TV show, Jason Bourne, that kind of stuff. Liter- liter- no joke, literally. Literally. His name was Foy Stanley. I was prompted to go pray for Foy. I was like, Ananias going to pray for Paul. I'm like, are you sure, Lord? Because <laughs> Foy, Foy might karate chop my windpipe or something. He was standing just like this, and I felt to go up to him. I said, hey, Foy, it's Andy. He didn't, he didn't open his eyes. I said, I feel like God wants me to pray for you. You okay with that, buddy? That's what you do. You don't have to know what you're doing. You just be honest. I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. Would you say yes to that? It, I don't even know. What, what, what's God saying? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I just feel maybe, maybe we'll begin to pray because you're going to read this. You're reading this in the scripture that you don't take any thought for that moment. You just go and step into that moment. The greatest of all mistakes is to do nothing because we think that we can only do a little. The greatest of all mistakes is when we do nothing because we think we can only do a little. Zechariah, yes, I said Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 4. I'm going to look here, verse 10. I'm going to look this up myself here. Let's see how long it takes me to find Zechariah. Zechariah 4, verse 10. Who despises the day of small things? Men will rejoice when they see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. (laughs) 
That probably doesn't mean anything to, to many of us. But it intros with this. Who despises the day of small things? Now, this is Zechariah. They are rebuilding the temple. They are, they're in exile, right? The temple of Solomon, so great, so glorious. We heard today about Solomon. Uh, Karen mentioned Solomon, right? And his wisdom and his riches and all those things. Uh, it, just resplendent. People came from around the world to see the wisdom and the glory of Solomon. And Solomon's temple was a wonder of the world, literally. And then it was trashed. And they were in exile. And they're coming back and they're building a temple. And this is the reference. And they're building something. And the older saints of God are over there looking around going, that's terrible. That is terrible. The older Israelites were looking over and saying, ain't like Solomon. Like it's nothing. What's it say? Who dares despise the day of small things? That's the context. Like if this church was wiped out, as beautiful it is as it is, as beautiful of an edifice as this is in here, it's wiped out. And all of a sudden, you see us coming in here with two by fours. We're framing something out. You walk in, you're just like, oh my God, not what it used to be, I'll tell you that. think that's a rhetorical question. Who despises the days of small things? But let me go back to verse 6. Same chapter. This is verse 10. Let me go back to verse 6. Zechariah 4.6. Anybody know that by heart? This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Has anybody quoted that ever? Did you know you were quoting Zechariah? You think it was Ben Franklin or someone? Like, did you, did you know who you were quoting? Zechariah, Old Testament, post-exile, return, building temple, but inferior temple. And that's the context, verse 6, not by might, who said that, by the way? The, the, the Lord says this. The Lord says it is not by might. Didn't we read about that? Not the mighty man in his might. Not by power. It's not strength. It's not riches. It's not wisdom. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Do you know why the Lord can use leaven and pine nuts and pennies? Because he's the Lord. Not by might. Not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Verse 7. Eight. The word of the Lord came to me. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. It's just the foundation. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid it. And his hands will also complete it. Then you will know. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. And then verse 10. Who dares despise the day of small things? We didn't just cherry pick that. How dare you not like small things? The context of it. 
is the temple has been wiped out. You've been in exile. You're coming back, and God is going to do a work, and it is not by might, and it is not by power. It is by his spirit, and that's the economy of what we're working with. And then he gives you a little context. The guy started it, and he's going to finish it by my spirit. And then he gives a little editorial. Be careful to despise small things. God works in small things. Pine nuts. Pennies. Eleven doubles every 90 minutes. What can you do every 90 minutes? What could I do every 90 minutes? In a single day, just one touch. Every 90 minutes. Do you have your phone? Ha <laughs> ha what a question. Pull out your phone. Pull out your extended appendage. I was thinking of an old song. Does the place you're called to labor feel so small and little known? It is great. God is in it, for he'll not forsake his own. And a brilliant chorus. Little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you can win it when you go in Jesus' name. Little is much. Little is much when God is in it. I'd like you to go to your calculator. So, Many of you have heard this, but we're going to do this real time today. A million dollars or a penny doubled for a month? What do you want? A million dollars right now or a penny doubled for a month? So hit the decimal, 0.01. That's your penny, 0.01. Times 2 equal, you should have a 0.02. Doubled. Penny doubled for a month. That'll be day two. Now all you have to do is hit equal. Ready? When I say the day number, you hit it, okay? Three, hit it. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. How much you got? $5.12. We're one-third of the way through the month. The old boy over here has a million bucks in his pocket. You got, you got a fiver. All right, that's 10. Let's go a little bit further. Hit it. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. What do you got? $163. You're feeling like you are on the short end of this stick. Let's hit it. 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. That's 30. It's March. Let's do 31. $10.7 million. $10.7 million the way yeast doubles every 90 minutes. $10.7 million for pennies. He works with pine nuts and pennies. And you're in it for 10 days and you're like, man, I made a bad choice here. You're in it for half the month, 
You're like, goodness sakes, I don't have enough for a good dinner at Outback. Just keep hanging in there. It's the Spirit of the Lord, not by might, not by power. Arnick, you can come up, bro. So what's our response? We look at something like this, and it's not expected. That's a little trick in the whole thing. It's not expected that a penny doubled would be ten times what they offered that million-dollar purse. It's not intuitive, and we're looking at that, we're like, how did that happen? How does that just happen? Like, all of a sudden, bam, 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 it's over. Exactly. That's exactly it. When we look at something and we're like, how did that even happen? You know what I say to that? Exactly. When I, when I went over to pray with them, it was exactly, like, it was right that I was totally supposed to be there. Like, I didn't even know I was supposed to be, I didn't even know what I was doing. And then I prayed, and man, look what happened. I knocked on the door, and they were crying inside. I didn't even know. I called. Tina, how many times have we done that? <laughs> yeah. I think of you, and I call. And sometimes it's voicemail. Hey, just thinking about you. Hope everything's okay. You were on my heart. You crossed my mind. You know all I'm doing there is telling the truth. I don't think I start any of those with, Yea, verily I say unto thee, this is Andy, and thus saith. No, I don't know what I'm doing. You're just on my mind. I'm calling you. I understand he uses leaven. Let me throw something else out there. Sometimes we self-select out because we know our condition. People aren't allowed to do things because, well, they ain't living right. You know my response to that every single time? Now, when I preached last Sunday, do you think I got to preach because I was living right? Is that what you thought? Is that, was that, is, that, is that what we're talking about? Nothing wrong in my life, and therefore I am qualified to speak to you today. I trust in the righteousness of Christ. I try to do good. I try to be better, but I'm not. And am I breaking, you know, murder, adultery, steal, lie, envy? I don't know. Probably not. Don't think so. Do I respect the persons? Yes. Do I know to do good and don't do it? Yes. Do I do things that faith's not a million miles from me? Yes. All three of those are sin, clearly. Glad you had a good week. Glad, no, glad, glad you had a good week, and glad all of our singers led us into worship today. Thank God they didn't sin. We don't even know how we assign the right people every single week. You know the problem with that is? You're mixing up the source. You're mixing up the source of righteousness. You're mixing up where the power comes from. You're mixing up the fact 
that it is the Spirit of God that works in us in spite of us. And in that moment changes us all. Kingdom of heaven is like a pine nut, a penny, leaven. Hey, if you were praying this morning, would you come up? You have folks that were in the particular spots in the room. I leverage, I leverage this platform to give you vision and to help you think. My hope is that you think more clearly. I leverage this to move you to consider things that aren't intuitive, things that we might consider to be normal, but the scripture just redefines. Jesus just shows up and redefines it. We're not trying to build an edifice. That's not the kingdom. We are trying to build the church of the living God, and that's the people. And we, the people, serve the people. And what God can do through us, through a thousand what's, what can I say? What can I do right now? What can I carry for you? What can I do to come alongside you? Now, I'm going to ask you to pray. Would anybody like to pray? <laughs> the next few moments. If you'd like to pray, we're going to give you an opportunity to pray in this next few moments. So really focus together, everyone in the room, pray. I don't want you to self-select out. Because here's what I know. God might be talking to you about me. And you know what? When God puts me on your mind, make the call, pray the prayer, (laughs) come by the house, bring the ribs, Larry. When God puts me on your mind, bring them. That'll change this whole place. It'll change this community. God is empowering us to have intersections. Intersections with people. Intersections with people. Sing, man. I'm going to pray and I'm going to open this for you to be able to pray. Maybe you want to share this because you know, usually if you write something down or share it with somebody, your chances of success go up quite a bit. So maybe you go to one of these folks and pray. Maybe you just come to the altar and pray. But I think we need to, however we need to recognize, what's the kingdom of heaven like? It's like a pine nut. What's the kingdom of heaven like? It's like leaven. You don't even see it. It's so small. But it does this amazing work. It does this work that influences the entire loaf of bread. Like the whole bread of the body, the whole thing rises. Father, I pray in this space right now that you would help us all.
Be baptized by faith, faith to believe. Faith to believe that you use small things. That's the kingdom for your glory. We don't want to glory, we don't want to glory in anything we have, our might, our structure, our power, our, our systems, nothing. We don't want to glory in any of it. We glory that we know you. We're so thankful that you know us. That's what empowers us to walk into these spaces of the Spirit. So help us, God, as we pray, as we pray in this space right now, as we pray with others, as we commit in our life, our heart, to, to make the call, to, to, to be led by the Spirit, to be people that are kingdom people because we are led by the Spirit. We're kingdom people because we're led by the Spirit. You prompt us. And we step into a situation, a situation that's a, a loaf of unleavened bread, and we step into it, and we change it. Not because of us, because of you, not by might or by power, but by your spirit, it changes. Let the Holy Spirit manifest through us in that way. So the folks can be touched, and there are all these connections, opportunities and intersections for you to speak to people, for you to give hope for you to give blessing and healing and deliverance and freedom. It's not a one-person deal. And you knew that. That's why you have a church. Church, men and women, young and old, children, teens. Fulfilling your purpose. Thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity that you are going to give us today and this week to talk to waitresses and waiters and attendants, people at work, coworkers, family, friends, neighbors. And you're gonna quicken that voice to us. We're gonna listen. We're gonna have celebration testimonies of how you use those moments, how you used leaven, how you used pine nuts, how you used pennies, made a difference. I invite you to sing. If you need to go, you can certainly do that. But I invite you to sing. I invite you to pray. Connect with that in this moment. Listen. Begin it right now. Listen. Maybe you're going to move right in this space today. Even move from where you are to somewhere else. Listen and react. Amen. Amen. You are my joy. You are my song. You are the well. The one I'm drawing from You are my refuge My whole life long Where else would I go? Surely my God Is the strength of my soul Your love defends me Your love defends me 